Welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. What's up? We're here today. We're here and we're hungry. That's where we are. That's correct. Thinking about food. (laughs) I mean, that's every week we should be honest with you, but uh, it is, you know, Thanksgiving is upon us. So uh, we're here and we're hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody have a favorite Thanksgiving food? Is it about the main dishes or the sides? It's about gravy. Okay. (laughs) Gravy. You put gravy on and how much gravy is left. You can put gravy on the main, which is typically uh, sometimes the meats. Mm-hmm. Hammer turkey, or you can put it on the side. So it's a very versatile slathering of a food product. Mm-hmm. I think you put it on everything, probably even like sweet things like Pumpkin dessert. pie? Usually if gravy goes over my plate, it goes over everything. I'm not real. I don't discriminate really when I put gravy on two <laughs> things on my plate. It usually just kind of blends with everything. But I do keep aside the deviled eggs, folks. <laughs> I am oh. serious about my deviled <laughs> eggs and the purity of them. So you do deviled eggs on Thanksgiving foods. Particular it's a Thanksgiving thing for sure for you. What's that deviled eggs? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Usually huh. it's uh, I've eaten like eight to ten before the actual Thanksgiving meal <laughs> because I mean the plate gets passed around at the house and so I uh, snack it just upon keeps those. coming round. It does. <laughs> it does. And Are you usually a little you, contest? Yeah. Do you find if you mess with the eggs, you get the horns? No, 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 uh, because uh, everyone else is low-key sneaking the snacking of the eggs as well. So I'm not the only culprit. I am I not. There are others that I do feel that. like uh, deviled eggs and like um, mozzarella sticks are kind of one and the same where if I were to look at you and be like, do you want to eat five hard-boiled eggs? Yes. You'd be like, absolutely not. Or do you want to eat five like giant cheese sticks you'd be like probably not but i'm like if i deep fry them or i mix it with relish do you now want them and you're like i will eat them all thank you hmm. all the things if you add mayonnaise to it then i will eat way more of the eggs yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes it go down easier there are cheese, more calories and i will eat a lot of it <laughs> fat is a flavor carrier i've said it before i can eat a disturbing amount of hard-boiled eggs I, I do like love hard some hard boiled eggs. Salted, ugh, I think I just love salt. So if there's a way, if you yeah, just it's like add, a salt delivery mechanism. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Do you all like uh, the, on the deviled eggs? Do you do you cut them uh, long ways or short ways? What kind of question is that? Oh my gosh! Have you yeah, ever seen deviled eggs short ways? All horizontal, horizontal, mm-hmm. one way. What does horizontal yeah. mean? <laughs> Laying on its long, side. Long ways. Long, long ways. ways. I had to, re- who, I had to re- who, rethink who that. Who does this short way? Although, <laughs> it's like some barbarian stuff. Right? Like, my, my, family, my family used to do them short ways. Really? Well, like, that how explains you get to stand up? I feel like there'd be a lot of wobbling around. What do you yeah. do with the top half? Like, what throw you, it away? What? <laughs> Make little, little long hats out of I, I Just the way we did it. I mean, I guess it's because all the molds are designed for the eggs to lay upon their side. Most of the ones right. that we have, the few yeah, square molds. Yeah, you get two equivalent pieces. Yes. <laughs> That's like, oh, they never made it like that far. We ate them all. Yeah, <laughs> you would just you would just turn the yolk into the thing and put it in like a piping bag, and then hmm. shoot the shoot the white and just chase with the, <laughs> the little pop of uh, <laughs> yolky mayonnaise mix. We're not uh, even going to get to things like turkey and ham at this rate. We're just not. I, I, I guess it's I, like about the sides then, right? It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I, I, for me, it is. I mean, it's about the stuffing and the the homemade mac and mm-hmm. cheese, big pounds of that. 
just as all someone who pretty much can only eat poultry now, I mm. the turkey is just so like everyday nah, to me. Like <laughs> I have Not, to, it's like all I can eat anymore. So I would yeah. much rather have this every day sauce. is tryptophan naps. And, every day, but yeah. he's even talking about the cranberry sauce shaped like a. Oh yeah, are can. you? Are you? I'm a, a cranberry. I'm a cranberry man. Oh, good what, deal. Good what deal. kind of cranberry sauce are you though? Me. I would like, say you- I, I prefer, well, I mean, this is going to make me sound bougie, but I prefer like uh, fresh made cranberry. You know, you mm. heat it up okay. in some orange juice and uh, with some orange and some spices and it pops and gels and all does all the things that it that they do. Okay. But I, I did recently hear about from uh, one of our colleagues and friends, a uh, friend, friend of the show, Emily. <laughs> uh, Emily. Shout said out to Her family, one of the things that they do is this. I think it's called pistachio salad. Whoa. Also sometimes referred to as, I think, as Watergate salad. I think I've heard of that, yeah. There's it's a story like a, there. I'm not for sure like what a, it is. Yeah, Watergate. Uh, <laughs> I am not a side dish. <laughs> or I am not a dessert. <laughs> um, as it creeps into your refrigerator at midnight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's in the fridge. <laughs> yes, yes. But, <laughs> It's like this green, uh, kind of creamy pistachio pudding and some other things mixed into it. It's like a, I would call it a semi-sweet. You know, it's not like American mm-hmm. dessert sweet, but it's it's not, you know, salty or savory either. And it, it, I think I, I was trying to clarify what she meant. And it's something like along the lines of like ambrosia kind of. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. If you've ever had that before. But I think yeah. a little bit creamier, a little bit floofier, puffier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it made me want to like make some this year and try it out with our family. That's been that was one thing I think when I was debating like intro questions when we started this. I thought, uh, what is your current like um, food obsession? Like, I don't know oh. if you you all get like in modes where you just every day you eat this one thing and then you kind of forget about it and then deviled just, eggs. <laughs> maybe it's deviled eggs. My, Short way it. Mine right eggs. now is instant <laughs> pistachio pudding. Gravy oh. sandwiches. I just. All that's all I can't stop pistachio pudding, yeah. Instant Mm. pistachio pudding because sounds like a TikTok thing, it's so good. I mean, you all didn't have like instant pudding growing up, sure. I don't know, it's wonderful. Did they have that in the early 1800s? They did. We had the oxen, Florida. We just had the cup of pudding and we ate it with our fingers. Oh, okay, yeah. I wanted a good pudding, it was a three month ordeal. It took a little while longer. <laughs> Instant. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you didn't have fridges in the early 1800s. No, guess, we had so. ice boxes with a big chunk of ice in the top. There were no <laughs> water Your closet. granny probably did actually have She that, did. So. She did I'm indeed. I'm now imagining Ray. Did you ever watch the show or movie Highlander? Yes. Oh, yes. There can be only one. And where where mm-hmm. they would like have episodes where the Highlander would be like in radically different periods of time because yeah, yeah, right, he was immortal. Right. I'm imagining Ray in that type of context. Like he's like <laughs> like middle ages. He's exactly the same as he is now. Except he has like long hair that's like braided and like a powdered and, wig of some kind. Absolutely. <laughs> the trick is if you are the only one left in your time period, keep it quiet. Keep yeah. it quiet. Don't go you around swinging your sword. Impressive sword collection on the wall there behind you, Ray. Yeah, there is. There's and antiquities. Yeah. yeah. Various and sundry antiquities. It's your electric personality. Yeah. Well, All anyways, right. what are we here to talk about today? 
gravy. Oh, I, I had only prepared. Gravy and, yeah, <laughs> eggs. Everyone's like sure. all deviled eggs. Oh, a whole episode on how to grow cucumbers for the relish that goes in your. We could do one on that, but that's not this week's episode, which is event and educational program season, specifically within the Cooperative Extension Service. We do educational programs and events and are associated with other outside events all during the year, but uh, particularly more so, it seems like, in the wintertime, because Mm -hmm. as people, this specific podcast, uh, the people that uh, are on this podcast, we're sort of plant people. And so there's a seasonality to the activities that we involve ourselves with. And therefore, the producers that we work with and the homeowners and the individuals tend to be somewhat seasonal. And it just seems like that we have a bigger attendance to certain types of event in the wintertime. So I guess saying all of that, wintertime's a a time where there's lots of programs and lots of things to choose from. November through Um, March is why I do extension. And it's also why I think about quitting extension every year. It's so busy. It is very busy. It's just, it's busy in such a different way. You know, like it's, it's like summer you're, I mean, in extension we're we're doing stuff and with people all the time, but it's just such a different way of living. Well, we all come inside and the days get shorter instead of being outside all the time doing field diagnostic we're, work. We're or learning all the stuff on, we need yeah. Yeah, yeah. for the summer. And it is a great time to improve your skills. I mean, what else are you going to do in the long days of winter? I know there's always something to do depending on your life situation, but lots to choose from as far as educational programs, conferences, and other events in the wintertime. Lots to choose from. Does anybody have a favorite event that you either teach at or go to to improve your own skills? You guys, I'm teaching at one, and which it's one? Which one? Like the first one of 2024, which is the Kentucky Fruit and Vegetable uh, yeah. Conference, and uh, An amazing not event. To, not to be confused, there is also Cut Flower Track. Uh, this is the second year for the uh, full Cut Flower Track. I'm very proud of it. So obviously, that's what I'm involved with. But I'm, this I'm is trying the to second year coming up in 2024. Yeah, that they've had like okay. an actual awesome. track. Yeah. Um, they mm-hmm. they've dabbled over the years having one or two classes, but last year was the first full day track, and they're doing it was uh, very highly attended. So we're doing it again this year, and uh, they have made the mistake of asking me to do a class. So yeah, no, that will be fun. <laughs> yeah, would they, they they said? Did you tell them that? They might be worried about their it being too good if you present. I it's mean, like, they're going to have to have me back after this. I don't know if they realize. Do you want it to be like, too good? Do you want it to be perfection? Getting. Do you want everyone else to pay in comparison? <laughs> like that's the question you have to ask yourself. Like, like, like last year was standing room only. This, <laughs> this yeah. is who I am. Is... I... <laughs> Sorry, I will just make this about all the stupid things I said this morning during a, during a meeting that Ray was at. <laughs> but well, anyways. If... If you haven't been to a conference before, if you haven't been to these types of conferences before, it's really so it's like the big conference title in this case is the Kentucky Fruit and Vegetable Conference. And then within it, there are a series of what they call tracks, which are just groupings that mm-hmm. the, the uh, people who are organizing it receive a bunch of different proposals for for presentation types. And so then they have the task of trying to make them into something that makes sense to someone somewhere. And so there's ones that's like business development track. And then there's the cut flower track, which is a little more intentionally organized. I think there's a farmer's market track. There's mm-hmm. a whole wine and grape mm-hmm. short course and uh, tun- track. There's one the on high time. tunnels and greenhouses and like tree and fruit, uh, tree fruit, small versus like small fruits, like, you know, blueberries and strawberries 
And, and these things like are going on at the same, ones. like a lot of these things are going on at the same time. And so you got to kind of sit down and strategize from 10 to 11. I want to be in this room. And then from 11 to 12, I want to be in this room and figure and that out. You don't have out. to stay in one track. You can no, bounce around. You can go from a farmer's market. And if you see something on berry, strawberry production on plastic, you can jump over to that one and mix and match. And that's one of the things that I love about the fruit and veggie conference is uh, you can pick from these themes. Not only mm -hmm. is there individual educational sessions within the tracks, but there's also like keynote speakers. And and I'm assuming that they do this coming year in January, like they always do. And there's opportunities to get like um, a pesticide hour, mm -hmm. CUs, uh, general and specific. So if you're a commercial person that uh, needs things like that, I mean, th there's just all sorts of reasons to attend this. And it's just not presenters, agents, and specialists from the University of Kentucky. It's more than just that. They bring in a lot of uh, outside people as well from all over the place to present specialty they, topics. So it's they, awesome. Yeah, they seem to be doing a really good job. And I think this, you know, lately coming mm -hmm. from feedback of people who have attended the conference, there's a lot more farmers giving presentations and having panels. Yeah. Then I think they're used That's to really be. neat. It's it, they are doing a better job of that, yeah. and I love that because I I like to hear about their experiences from their mm -hmm. perspective, and it mm -hmm. is awesome. It's great. So you can kind of mix and match. Like if you want a very specific, I need an expert to tell me how to deal with coddling moth and my plums. You got that, but you can also go and you know listen to how people have marketed you know certain types of crops that they've done and things along those lines. And it's just and it's a way to. Um, you know, meet new people. I know a lot of farmers. Uh, I've met a lot of farmers through that. And, you know, I know a lot from the, I was in the cut flower room all last time and, you know, everyone was commenting how great it was just to be able to connect. And a lot of people, you know, have heard of each other, but have never met. And so that right there was such a um, good time. So they got all this information, but they found their community. And I think conference season can be about finding your community as much oh, as it is about Definitely. learning new skills yeah. and new about new crops and stuff. And it's designed to kind of facilitate those kind of connections being made with like coffee station breakouts. And one of the, mm -hmm. my favorite things about the thing is like a trade show where mm -hmm. you can walk around and see different support industries. You go see Brett and Josh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, different organizations that support horticulture in Kentucky. Absolutely. We'll be in so the, the conference is sort of designed to foster those sort of connections. We'll be in the extension extension people petting zoo again this year. You can absolutely <laughs> come by. I really like the the good kibble. If you want to throw me a handful mm -hmm. of that, there's like little uh, machines. You get yeah, a I think that the, the, the you're so needy. You get what you get. <laughs> the eating machines are now accepting Venmo, so you have no more excuses for not having change. Uh, no, as someone who's who's uh, who's put a lot of a lot of miles to be at trade shows, it is it's cool because so one you can if you if you're familiar with Earth Tools, they typically are there and yeah. they're selling mm -hmm. things like their hand tools and there's they have a, a BCS on site and so you don't have to pay mm -hmm. shipping to get the hand tools or whatever other stuff and you can talk with them. There's a bunch of other people who are selling different if you haven't figured out a place to get your supplies yet, or you're scaling up and trying to figure Irrigation out maybe where you're going to get your drip yeah. tape. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's yeah, a all big that one. kind of stuff. You can talk to people, the real people and men, they're all like Kentucky businesses or like the Kentucky branch of, of larger businesses. And then there's also the, the um, extension people and the non, uh, the NGO, like a uh, nonprofit people and mm -hmm. the uh, governmental Department people. Department of Ag is usually there. Yeah. yeah. Government, government agency. Yeah. Uh, so K -card there's a smattering of everything there. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you've heard people talk, you know, you heard about funding or you've heard about NRCS programs to support things like a high tunnel or things like maybe a river or stream bank planting or something. And you're like, I am not the go on your, depending on the organization, no direct shade thrown to anybody. I'm not going to go on your <laughs> God awful website and try to figure this out. I'd like <laughs> you to help me walk through this. This is a good opportunity to do that to, and, and just to make that connection. And um, it's, yeah, I, there's just so many people who are trying, I think, trying to help and trying to work in this space. And so uh, visiting those, the trade show thing is, yeah, it can be helpful. Um, and, and, and I think one thing I would say uh, as far as going into the conference stuff is some people, and I, this is fine if you do this, but some people kind of have a, I'm going to let it wash all over me kind of situation, or I'm going to let it, you know, let it go as it, you know, figure out as it goes. And I'm going to pick the sessions in the moment and all that. I think there is a real opportunity to be a little bit strategic about mm-hmm. what you want to get out of, you know, the, the trade, or, sorry, get out of the conference thing. And just real quick, so we're mentioning we, you know, we're based in Kentucky. The Kentucky Fruit and Vegetable Conference is obviously one of those. We're going to talk about a couple others in a bit, but there's there are similar conferences mm-hmm. uh, focused on specialty crops. And if you are one of the the special people who are not really into horticulture, but you're into some other aspect of agriculture, and you're listening to this podcast because of how cool Alexis has proclaimed herself to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a conference for that, for that stuff too, but we're going to yeah. focus on more the specialty crop side of things. And so, but uh, so there's an Indiana horticulture confer- conference. There's a Indiana small farms conference, which is different from that. It's a little more diversified, a little bit smaller scale. There's an Indi- uh, Illinois. They changed the name this year to it like was- the food and farmer food. To oh, flowers. really? It was the specialty crop conference last year. Right. Right. So I food, spoke at that one too. To flowers, right. everything local conference. <laughs> which will be at the, in uh, January 17th. Uh, there's a pick Tennessee conference, which is very similar to what we do. There's a West Virginia mm-hmm. small farms conference, which is sponsored in part by SARE. And so basically wherever you are, there is a conference and it's probably happening in the months of January or February typically. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. now's the time to, you know, take a look and they've, they've posted their agenda. And if they've done a good job in putting the conference together, then you should be compelled to do that, uh, to go and, and attend and register and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, do, I do think, I understand time is, is valuable and, you know, not everybody's super excited to go hang out with a bunch of people ever, mm-hmm. or maybe still post COVID yeah. or whatever, <laughs> but it can be a really useful thing if you're strategic about it and you, you kind of see some things on the agenda that look like they, they might be of interest to you. Yeah. I think that's like kind of our goal here is to, you know, help expose you to what is being offered around the state. And that way uh, you can get in, you know, hopefully if you want to do one to an early bird registration, a lot of them have early bird registrations through Mm -hmm. about mid December uh, sometimes, you know, or through the end of December, depending on which one it is. So get it in cheap, but also let you know about all the ones. Cause there's nothing worse than when you go to a conference and someone is like, Oh, you should have come to this. And you had no idea it was out there. So hopefully you can look at all of these and see which one will benefit you more uh, so that you're not, you know, wasting precious time uh, or money because some of them cost, although there are a lot that have scholarships. So definitely uh, look into that. Most of the websites of the uh, conferences we're going to talk about, it's very obvious where you can go find uh, a scholarship or you can do like a one day, uh, I know sometimes um, for some conferences, uh, Oak is one, the Organic Association of Kentucky, we're going to talk about here shortly. And they have some tracks that are more um, organic livestock based. And so if you're like 
solidly a plant person, you may be able to get away with like a one day registration or something like that if that fits you better. So just be open to it. And there's a lot going on. And they, I think the, at least the conferences that we know about and work with are very, they're trying to get people out there um, however they can. So if that means that, you know, they need to put some scholarships out there, they're happy to do that so that you get that good information. I think most of these conferences, don't they offer um, partial registration? A lot of these are two yeah, and three day that's conferences. Yeah, I was saying that like one more. day registration. Yeah. 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 Do you guys have the info in front of you? Uh, seems like uh, we uh, started out by talking about the Kentucky Fruit and Vegetable Conference, which is the biggest conference of its type in Kentucky. That is, uh, is that January two and four? It's two three, the three conference is the second, but mm-hmm. overall okay. the conference is third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, the early registration in December 15th, it jumps okay. from $50 to 75. So that, that's a big cost savings. If you can go ahead and, um, you know, just do a keyword search for 2024 Kentucky fruit and vegetable conference. And what that's probably going to do is lead you to the Kentucky horticulture council website. Yeah. I believe is where the registration mm-hmm. is yeah. housed. That is the actual site. That is correct. So if you land on that site, you are at the right place to register. And the date again, what was that? Uh, January, two uh, January January conference. Yeah, two for pre-conference. The conference itself is January 3rd and 4th, and that's in Bowling Green. Bowling Green at the, I uh, forget the name of the conference center. What is, is it, that? Is uh, it it's at a, the, the main conference center there in um, Bowling Green. But, but all of that information will be in the registration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Sloan Convention Center. Sloan Convention yeah. Center. Thank you. Yeah. And that's on Central Time Zone. So don't forget that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please make a note of that. That could affect your travel times. Yeah. Well, and hopefully that just means you'll get there an hour early. Right. Yes. If you're, going if you're like there. us. Depending on Eastern where you're coming time. from. If yeah. you're coming from Eastern Time Zone, yes, it's going to yeah. work in your favor. And, and that Absolutely. is open. Like if you're, we had last year, I know in our track, there were some people who are right over the Tennessee border, you know, like 10 miles into Tennessee. And so Bowling Green is where they do their shopping at and, yeah. and crossover state lines. So you don't have to be, you know, from Kentucky by any means. Uh, I feel like that's obvious, but just, just to be clear, if you're close by or you're in town and something really cool is happening, feel free to, to jump in and, and, and join uh, on that. So. Jo- well, Josh, just real quick. So as of now, if you if you're interested in this or you want to get a flavor for it, as of now, the sessions from the fruit and the cut flower sessions from last mm-hmm. year are on the CCD YouTube page. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you want, yeah. we, Josh, uh, Josh came. We he and I cobbled together some AV equipment from stuff that I had here and a couple other places, and he he did a great job of of recording and putting together videos of the sessions from last year's mm-hmm. fruit and vegetable conference from the cut flower session. Uh, had some real big shot names and, and talented people. Shout out Melanie Stock. Dr. Stock Mm. is amazing. If you're Mm. listening, love you so much. Dr. Stock, Dr. Dahlia, Dr. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Dr. I know it's, it's fortunate that that's her last name. Dr. Zinnia. (laughs) If you wait real quick, Alexis, if you had to change your last name to a one flower, what would it be? It's not, that's not real quick. Edible garlic. Too late. (laughs) Is there any other kind? Your name is now Alexis Dandelion. I was thinking at, like yes. Alexis Allium has like a kind of a nice ring to it. Alexis Allium. What are you, the Disney movie like holes? What is Christ. this? <laughs> what? It's not like a fungal disease. <laughs> oh, that God. I, I got Alexis I Allium. In, There's a cream I want to invade that. your thoughts. <laughs> oh, mind mushroom. I want you to Alexis think Allium. about plants all the time. <laughs> 
Ray, Ray, or, or somebody save us, get us back on. What were we talking about? The, well, we've talked a lot about the Kentucky Fruit and Vegetable Conference. What's a, what's a, some other conferences? I know there's some other big ones coming up. Uh, once again, January, February is a, a, you know, particularly big month for a lot of these things. I know it's been a while since I've been to this one, but I am still very much aware of it. It's a, a group outside of Extension, but they do uh, have Extension representatives on their board that helps out with this conference. But it's a uh, the Kentucky Nursery Landscape Association Green mm. in Industry Winter Conference, and that's January 34th, I'm sorry, January 31st through February the 1st uh, at the Marriott Louisville East. Mm-hmm. And that is coming up. And it's just as the, the, the title implies, it's a lot more of a heavy focus on the landscape and nursery in, industry. So it's mm-hmm. just a lot of what we just said about the fruit and vegetable conference can be applied to this. There's uh, keynote speakers. A lot of times there's breakouts, there's equipment vendors, there's, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things that you would expect from a big conference. Yeah. So KNLA's looking, theme this year is back to basics. Is that the theme this year? Nice. Okay. Theme this year. Nice. I like it. I like it, but it's a, it's a conference that also goes on uh, and it's a sort of a state level conference uh, here in Kentucky. Yeah. This conference would be great. I think for people who maybe are looking into um, growing plants and selling them, Uh, you know, growing ornamental plants is something you're really into Uh, arborists. You'll find a lot of arborists at this. And so if you're looking into going to that trade or you're growing trees or something like that, they have a lot uh, of business management courses at that. Yeah. I mean, it's great for really anybody in, in an ornamental you know, horticulture business trade. Uh, but I, I think it's definitely aimed at that where fruit and vegetables, of course, more. Yeah. This except- is more like commercial landscaping or yeah. landscape management, it's, all right. of those associated right. issues. Issue. And, and they I do mean, award ceremonies too, I think. They they have some awards that they give out. And they the do green, use, if we well, didn't the mention the industry is a huge there. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's okay. <laughs> the green uh, industry is a huge part of the, uh, the like the majority of the uh, horticultural economy mm-hmm. in Kentucky is mm-hmm. the green industry. Oh, yeah. so like it's, yeah. a, you know, it's a, it's an important thing. There's a lot of bigger players and the technical assistance is a little different. So it's not necessarily as much of a focus for, for some parts of extension, but it's, yeah, it's a huge part of, of what we do. I haven't looked at the agenda really closely this year, but besides the speakers, speakers and <laughs> workshops in the past, they've even had like demonstrations and pre-tours they do I'm, I'm assuming they may have some related events like that so if you've never been to that it's a good one if you kind of work in the associated field of nursery and landscape whether or not you own a business it would be worth your or your time to uh, check that out in louisville at yeah, the well, end of january beginning of february i've been to that many times and have one you? of my favorite yeah. kind of tracks that they put on frequently it might not be this year but it's more often than not they have it they have uh, someone come from Kentucky State Police and sort of do an evaluation and talk about um, the correct and incorrect ways to hook up trailers and tie things down. Mm. Oh, commercial nice. vehicles, because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. they definitely talk, you know, about how when you have that commercial vehicle license, you are much more likely to be stopped and mm-hmm. to make sure that everything you're doing is correct because they tow so much weight, et cetera. But it's super informative. I mean, a lot of a lot of great stuff comes out of that conference. When I when I trained, I could have used some of that feedback when we transported our 
sectional, sectional couch from Costco <laughs> in our tiny truck. Uh, Annie was white knuckling it the whole way, and she wasn't even driving. Well, I mean, that's the well, way. Did you, you know you should have attended the KNLA conference? That's the <laughs> short little acronym for that. But yeah, should have attended, Brett. Well, well, one I, of the key things with tie downs is if it's not a knot, tie a lot. <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if it's a bow, it's going to go. I mean, is that the other part of that? <laughs> if it's a fray and start to pray in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't stop now. I mean, there's no stopping to this. Well, no stopping. Just put I, flags all over it. You're fine. It'll yeah, be it's fine. It'll be fine. If they hit you, if you've got a flag on it, it's their fault, right? That's how that works. That's right. <laughs> so. <laughs> The other one that is really great, and I know I think all of us have been to it, is the Organic Association of Kentucky uh, Oak, as we uh, call it, uh, has a conference. It is uh, January 25th through the 27th, and the 25th is kind of, I don't think they necessarily call them pre-conference, but they're like long sessions, so uh, there's a bunch of these different tracks, so to speak, and they're, you know, a whole morning session on one thing. So you get to deep dive. So if you really want to know about how to rotate your, you know, cows with your, you know, organic soybean or whatever, they have a whole big morning or an afternoon. And the same thing with, you know, vegetable crops and they've done, you know, flower focused stuff, cover crops, all kinds of, all kinds of things. But uh, it, they do a couple different deep dives on that first day. And then the 26th and the 27th, are more of that kind of traditional conference where they have a couple different tracks and you get to go in. Uh, and this one is going to have more, it's of course all sort of organic based, but there's a little bit more variety, I think, because you're, they've had mushroom growing and then they've also had, you know, they have goats and, and things along those lines, but then they have the traditional vegetables and when horticulture crops that we think of. Uh, and I think that that, I really like that conference even as a non-organic grower, because it's all based on good horticulture practices. So you're learning about good beneficial insects. You're, you're learning about all these IPM strategies. And if you just, you know, if you don't go organic, that's fine. Everything you learn there, in my opinion, is valuable towards what you're doing because none of us are trying to spray pesticides. None of us are trying to do that, or at least most of us, because it costs us money, right, to, to do that in some way. So if we can figure out ways to manage without having to spray, uh, I think is the ultimate goal. So I don't know. I feel like I had to say that because a lot of people are like, well, I'm not organic, so it doesn't work for me. And But it's not. Yeah. It's, it's all about best growing techniques. And it just happens that people who are certified, that's kind of their only option. And so yeah, I would say I would say a lot of the folk, a good number of people who attend the Oak Conference are not certified organic. Are not right, right. But it it is, and I I think in general, obviously as an organization, they have an interest in promoting people converting to certified organic. Mm -hmm. But I think in the you know in their heart of hearts, one of the big reasons that they advocate for that is that for, for them they see the opportunity in both the marketplace and in some of the sustainability concerns associated with organic for our small producers to have better lives, to make more mm -hmm. money, to, you know, reduce the amount they're spraying, to maybe enhance their health or what. So like, mm -hmm. I, I think that's, uh, there's another conference that exists outside the, you know, traditional extension conference type that is mm -hmm. really, really good. It's in, it's in Ohio. Uh, the ones that I've been to have been really, really good. It's called OFA, 
O-E-F-F-A, which is the Ohio Ecological Food and Farming Association. Nice. And they are, um, it's in a similar vein. I would say it's a, it includes things like certified naturally grown and all that kind of stuff, which Mm -hmm. is also included at at Oak. And and they have a really great conference and that's in February 15th through 17th of 24. Um, Hmm. And so, so I would think, I think, I'm not trying to flex on you all, but I think of this group, I have been, at least in recent years, been to, I've been to almost all of the conferences in all the surrounding states. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I used yeah. to do trade shows at all of them. And so I think relatively, this is one that's really cool and it's really accessible. And it, it feels to me like one of them where even like for Kentucky growers to attend, there might be some value as opposed mm-hmm. to some of the other ones are much more state specific. Like, I, you know, I don't think anybody's driving down from Northern Indiana to, to go to the the Kentucky fruit and vegetable conference, for instance, and vice versa. Nobody's going from Owensboro up to the, the Indiana Hort Congress, <laughs> and, but this, the OFA is a little bit more of like a regional yeah. interest in, in <laughs> ecological practices and, and, and that kind of stuff. It's a really, it's a, it's a nice conference and uh, in a similar vein where there's a, it, it attracts all types of growers who are just interested in that enhancing the sustainability, reducing the impact, reducing the, the usage of chemicals, reducing yeah, stress on themselves, stress on the world. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, which is cool. What did you say? O-E-F-F-A? Yeah, OFA. Okay. I'm going to look that up. That sounds cool. Before I forget, another one in Kentucky that's oftentimes confused with K-N-L-A that we just talked about, the Kentucky. My Boy, I'm having trouble with making my speech today. The Kentucky <laughs> Nursery Landscape Association. But this one's a bit different. It's an expen- extension-sponsored um, event, the Kentucky Turf and Landscape Management Short Course. That is coming up uh, February 20th through the 22nd at the Hardin County Extension Office. And it has a very similar kind of... Um, type of presentations as KNLA, but they work with uh, lawns, golf courses, sports fields, uh, anything that's turf. And it's very focused. Uh, in a, they kind of couch that in a pure turf kind of um, topic arena uh, in a landscape kind of function. Yeah. So it's, it's a very focused um, program. Uh, if you've never checked that out and you work in the turf, the turf biz kind of kind of look it up online but that's the kentucky turf and landscape management short course coming up in february right here in kentucky uh in elizabethtown at the hardin county mm-hmm. extension office uh, that one's february no, no joke too and you can take your uh if you're wanting to get a pesticide license you can take your exam yes. yeah during one of those days and there i mean you know there's no waste of time there like they they get stuff done and they get people knowing what they you know want to know and what they're there for uh, not that any conference is a waste of time, but I feel like the the landscape guys are just like you can barely get they, them there. Yeah, and so they, if you get really them concerned. there, they're they're really wanting to know stuff, and they really try and target exactly what they need for that year. So if, if you're, you're interested in turf research, it's the mm-hmm. best because uh, they'll have a lot of uni- university specialists, both you know in Kentucky, but also outside of Kentucky. Not only that, but industry people mm-hmm. that do turf research and related research. So it's a mixture of presenters from industry and extension universities. And it's just a really cool mix. So if you're interested in the topic, check it out. It's a good one. And especially if you're needing hours or needing to take the test or you have 
crew members that are needing to take their uh, commercial pesticide test, uh, it's mm-hmm. a good, good time to do that. We didn't mention where Oak was. I just realized. It's in Frankfurt at the uh, uh, KSU Herald Research Farm. The Herald Herald what was the date on Oak again? The organic program? 25th to 27th. Is that mm-hmm. right? Pre-conference yeah. starts the 25th and it's the 26th, 27th. That's a. Of January. Is that a, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can also yeah, get some tools Thursday, there. Friday, Usually Saturday. Earth tools and places like that are there. Um, I got a, ni- a really nice hoe there last year. So big fan, big fan of nice. that. Uh, another one right around the same time as the one you just mentioned, Ray, is the, well, it's less of a conference and more of a trade show, but the National Farm Machinery Show. This is definitely cheap. <laughs> it's free admission, uh, mm-hmm. 12 bucks to park in, in Louisville. It's more of a, a date. I would take somebody on a date there. I would <laughs> enjoy that event. Well, because um, it's, what, the 14th through 17th or something like that? Is that what you just said? And yes. so, you know, Valentine's Day, hello, date night. It is yeah, exactly. absolutely That is a not a coincidence. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's it really, a sweetheart opportunity. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I know some farmers who, like, that is their yearly date with their oh, significant other. It's a is, huge so. event. It's the biggest of its kind, not only in Kentucky, but, Josh, I guess you, the entire entire nation isn't it it's yeah. huge so yeah nothing you gets the see... juices flowing like uh like the world the largest combine you've ever seen yeah oh yeah it's Spend crazy some money you can see the largest combine or the tiniest little walk behind like groundbreaking equipment yeah. it's all there every bit of it along oddly enough along with like a lot of hot tubs <laughs> strangely <laughs> at that event. you'll see a lot of farm equipment then you'll see the hot tub section i'm like how did that sneak in there but it is a great event overall because and it takes forever to walk around it because the event is just huge yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot to see at that event well we just we missed we didn't plug it here but uh i saw a lot of you all out recently at i, I spoke at the uh kentucky state small farms and minority farmers conference Woo-hoo. Uh, in November, they have that every November. I, I would say it, it, in some ways, marks the beginning of conference season, though it's way earlier than almost all the other ones. But it's it's nice because it's at a different time of year. So if you're conferenced mm-hmm. out in January, February, well, don't this is this is well before the holiday, and that was pretty cool. It was out at that same research farm that Oak is going to be at uh, there in Frankfurt. Um, a couple other ones that I would mention as far as the bigger conference, and and maybe uh, I'll I'll make a call to you all for the, if you have any other bigger conferences before I steer us in a slightly different direction. But a couple of the ones I would mention would be um, Indiana's ha- Indiana has a small farm conference. I mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier already, but it's it's, they have two conferences. So they have a horticulture Congress, which is a little bit more uh, Indiana has, you know, l- some very large horticulture operations, yeah. you know, the 3000 plus acre tomato uh, pumpkins and uh, watermelon and, and all that kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah. And so that that's the, I think the small farm conference is kind of a little bit of a, a contrast to that, and that that's February 9th or February twenty ninth through March first of twenty twenty four coming up. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at the Indiana Small Farms Conference when COVID popped off, and it was in it was in Danville, Kentucky. And guess where the first case in our region of COVID confirmed COVID was. Oh man, Danville, Danville, Indiana. <laughs> it was the other one, and I, like I stopped, I stopped by to see my parents who are, you know, not not spring chickens on the way home, and I was like, oh no, I went from I'm, I'm you I know, patient, them. maybe not patient zero, but patient Typhoid three, Brett. Patient yeah, two and a half, yeah, but it, and I was like, oh, that woman was coughing all over me in my booth. Oh no, 
I think it was just a regular, oh, regular cold or allergy. <laughs> just a regular coughing on it's you. Not a fear during that time. I remember yeah. that. It Lots was a standard cough. <laughs> then there's also a West Virginia Small Farms Conference. Oh yeah, uh, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool if you're in the eastern part of Kentucky or if you're in West Virginia. Yeah, they do some cool sessions that relate just relate to f- small farms. They've been doing it for mm. a number of years. It's partially sponsored through the SARE program, which is what I work with the SARE program in Kentucky. Um, but I've been there a couple of times. I think it has traditionally been in Charleston, or at least that's that's where, that's where it was I've been. When I went to it as well, I went one year, and I, there was a fascinating um, session on like uh, make, setting up like maple syrup operations. Mm-hmm. Real cool. Yeah, they also do this really cool thing that they call it their Winter Blues Farmers Market. Um, and it's like, I think it's like a, I don't know if it's a pre-conference thing or if it's just independent of, no, it's the last day, sorry, of the, of the Mm -hmm. conference. And they do this indoor market and it's like a, with working with their department of ag and it's showing like what stuff that can be produced in West Virginia in the off season or products that are available in the off season. But it also is a little bit of a way to like, um, do some like product display demonstration. And I think they used to at least have a, um, like a competition for who's, who's display like farmer's market style display looked the best. And mm-hmm. I was wanting to do that for us. And it just never here in Kentucky and it never quite, I could never quite could, could get traction, but it's just, a, it's a fun, different kind of conference. And if maybe you've been to Kentucky's a number of times and you, you know, don't, don't see anything there, take a look at some other States They're not, it's not that far away. Mm-hmm. We don't live, you know, in parts of the Midwest where it's like a, you know, 10 hour drive to get to another state. Like we're, mm-hmm. it's, it's not Charleston isn't that far. Um, mm-hmm. And I say that having, having done it. And so that, uh, that's another one I would mention. There's also in February, there is the, the Eastern Kentucky Farmers Conference. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, I'll be boothing at. I just put my, um, just put my registration in. Uh, and the registration for that conference is now open as well. It's going to be, I believe it's in Moorhead. Yes, I think I read that. This year. And mm-hmm. so that's when, if you're in the eastern part of the state or you want to kind of connect with some of the organizations in a small, a little bit smaller, more approachable context. Uh, then some of the bigger conferences, that's a good opportunity. I always have a good time there. It's a lot of my uh, farm and uh, technical assistance provider friends end up there and kind of hang out. And they were doing it at, at small uh, at uh, state parks in the past. They did it last year at Pine Mountain State Park. And mm-hmm. man, that was pretty cool because you could you could go out after lunch and take a walk in some of the trails and hang out. But darn it, they were too good at their jobs and they've got too many people coming. And so now they're <laughs> going to have to go to a slightly bigger venue, um, which is pretty darn cool. But yeah, the registration for that is open now. And I would you would think I would know that I would know the dates like the back of my hand considering I'm going to be there. But <laughs> it's in it's in late February. Every year. But so anybody else have any other like conference conferences? Because there's a whole, there's a second wrinkle to this that I want to bring up. I was looking for um, the Kentucky Maple School, but uh, that oh, one yeah. has already passed. In case yeah. you didn't know, if you've ever been in, Josh brought up maple syrup. Uh, we have a 
pretty big maple syrup uh, thing for, through the Department of Forestry and Natural Resources at UK. Uh, and they do a Kentucky maple school each year. And But it looks like usually that's in November. So I'm sorry we missed that window for you, but keep an eye out on it. And it can be cool if that's something you're interested in. They do it over at uh, somewhere at the research station over there. I've never been, but I know some people who have been and said it was really top notch and they've done some great things. You know, uh, different people who don't want to log or are looking for other other uh, opportunities. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Just something and I if wanted you're, to If you're interested there. in maple syrup in general, there is a Kentucky Maple Syrup Association where you can join and be a part of. They have a Facebook page and um, a friend of the show. David Walker out in Pike County, uh, who does a really cool diversified farm operation. We're going to be featuring him on a producer voices episode through the center for crop diversification's YouTube page. Um, talking about, uh, what was his about? He has so many different things he could talk about. I'm trying to, I think it was, it wasn't on farm retail. It might've been like value added or something like that, but he, he does apple butter, but he also, they also usually have a, um, uh, some something related to maple syrup at their farm that people can come out and see. And he has, he has these really cool, like old copper kettle. He has one mm-hmm. old and one new based on old specs, copper kettles that he makes apple butter in. And like, that's like a very traditional old school way of, uh, of making apple butter. And it's um, yeah. So that, that's another, it, the maple syrup association does different sorts of events kind of along the lines of what Alexis was just talking about. Um, yeah, good, good, good shout, Alexis. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was like, maple syrup. Oh yeah, we have. Yeah, there's not too many of those associated activities. That one's pretty targeted, also, and it, it's a cool one. I mean, it it sounds really cool, and it's very appropriate for that region. But it not only that region, but anywhere's in Kentucky or surrounding areas. As long as you can get to that conference, it's a unique conference. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and Ray mentioned earlier, but the the Center for Crop Diversification does have a newsletter that we put out, and I mention it so that you would subscribe. No, <laughs> I mention it so because there's a series of events, uh, or there's always an, an events section that we put in there that features things that are coming up, and I, I think we've covered a lot of the ones that were in my mind, and that probably would be in there. But um, there's always a few that we missed that we have bookmarked and, and put down. Um, so if you want to subscribe there, it, we do that throughout the whole year when the events are coming up, when we hear about new webinars or new field days or whatever. Oak does a number of field days throughout the year on farms and at different you know locations. And so that's that's Organic Association of Kentucky does those things. Um, and we put those in there, um, et cetera. But so there is the, the main conference season and... Mm-hmm. You know, in some ways, especially back in like back in 2016 or let's see, 2017, I think between January and March, there was like one weekend that I was at home for the whole weekend because I was at these conferences doing tabling. I, don't, I can't do that anymore. You know, my, I was just looking at in my webcam at my gray beard and <laughs> at least a few of those are from 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 conferences. But there's a whole other aspect of this season, which you all, we mentioned it before, but the extension programming component, which are the, it, in a way it's like a little conference session or a little conference presentation presented on its own at an extension office or at a, you know, uh, at the research farms or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is, to me, this is the time of year 
it's a little bit before it starts getting really heavily promoted, but in January, February, you know, you'll be looking for that promotion material. But Alexis, you were saying as far as if you're interested, you were, you were kind of saying that this is a good time for having a conversation or Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in Kentucky, you have an extension office in the county you're in. Uh and so let them know we are we plan throughout the year, but we have kind of two most of us have two major planning periods. Uh, and one is, uh, you know, kind of November, December, where we're trying to think about what we're going to offer next year. And the other one is usually around June, July. And that's just the way that like our years work. I don't know, Ray, maybe you're different, but that's kind of all the agents I know. No. Those are their two. Those are big, big times for uh, planning programs and then carrying programs out. Yeah. yeah so, Especially if you have programs like for planting things or doing right, things, because there's certain right. timeliness to, to right. those programs. So seasonality. But I want to know what my people want. And like, I actively try and throughout the year, listen to people, right? That's our job in extension is to listen to what people need, whether you're Josh and Brett on campus or in the counties like Ray and I are. So if you have an idea for something, let us know, because if you said it, probably somebody else has already said it to us too. And then we know there's more than just, you know, one person that might be interested. uh, And we can plan that for next year. Cause like, Sometimes it's just, you just kind of hit a wall sometimes with programming and, you know, you may, I just, I've only got one more big program for the year coming up that was planned essentially a year ago. And now I'm kind of like, okay, what am I going to (laughs) do? And, uh, you know, it's really valuable to us to hear what you all have to say. So don't be afraid to kind of reach out and tell us, you know, do you want it on a webinar? Would you rather us have just a video that you can go back to? Do you want in-person classes? Uh, what is What does that look like so that we can get that information to you? Because that's our job is to figure out how to get it out there to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I want to echo that as well as far as like statewide sort of campus programming related to horticulture. January is sort of a month when, I mean, throughout the year, I am trying to and other people kind of funded through the Kentucky Hort Council and Ag Development Board are looking for ideas. But January is kind of the peak season for uh, trying to find or uh, develop programming that's going to be delivered throughout the year. So definitely reach out to your agent. um, But if you yourself are an ag ag service provider or a grower group or maybe even just an individual, you can also reach out to us on campus. It's also that turning of the of the year is also a time where some of the bigger and more and like periodic resources, things like our average price report publications or things like I remember the high tunnel planting date calendar as an example, or uh, even the website overhaul when we had done it originally. We tend to target that going into January, we're going to have some new cool stuff to share and, and put out there. What that means for anybody out there in the world is that there probably are some new publications for the 2024 growing season that will be coming out in that window of time. What, as far as what kinds of programming, you know, if, if someone's not really familiar with Extension or they haven't really been to any of these things before, what kinds of things do you all typically? do classes on? <laughs> it, uh, um, we cover a wide range of topics. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done, like we just finished up a beginner beekeeping series. Uh, so it, of course, you know, Ray and I are horticulture, but if you had something that's more agriculture based and li- or livestock, or even if you're wanting something you want to know about food preservation, or, you know, you need something for your kids, like we, 
extension offers it all. Um, so, you know, FCS, they say that they're from from birth to death. Like that's their saying and plant world. We're just like, yeah, I know they're like the mafia. So there is (laughs) only way out. FCS is in a body bag. (laughs) (laughs) There's really nothing extension doesn't cover in some form or fashion. Now it might be something that your office has not offered before, but it doesn't mean that they can't offer it uh, and can probably find you an expert to offer it if they, if they don't know personally, but in the horticulture world, I mean, I'm sure there are classes that I have. I can't think of a class that I wouldn't be willing to offer. Like if you want to know about it and there's some people, uh, people in general who want to know about it, we'll do a class. We'll do a workshop. We'll do an arm on farm day, field day, if that's what, you know, the people in my community. And that's both for consumer classes, like a home tomato Mm -hmm. class, or we may do, um, oftentimes do commercial classes. Mm -hmm. So we cover both. Uh, A lot of people have approached me and said, well, it's not really a commercial class, but I have an idea. Well, that's fine because Mm -hmm. we do classes across both realms, both consumer and commercial. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, on that end of things, we kind of serve both audiences and horticulture and agriculture. I know they do the same thing as yeah, far the, the as line uh, between, either pretty- the line between commercial and home is like, it's not real. Like, I mean, there, yeah. Yeah, there are differences, <laughs> but it's, a yeah. spectrum, right. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. The delineation, is sort of a sliding scale. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes people think that they're not at a scale that extension can mm-hmm. talk with them or whatever. And it's, that's not really one the, tomato. That's fine. We can, we can cover oh, that. Yeah. I've got a guy who calls me, bless his heart. He will call me about the 10 radish plants that he's had and talk me, to me for 40 minutes. And nice. that's my job. Doesn't he, matter. he always apologizes. And I just, I'm like, Bob, it's my job. <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, that's, that's what I do. And I love helping the people who, you know, are growing, uh, you know, 10 acres of vegetables or, or mm-hmm. strawberries or something like that. Like there is, there is no, if you pay taxes in the state of Kentucky, there is, we will help you. <laughs> yeah. And we will probably help you even if you don't pay taxes. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're, if you're cool, you know, yeah. Willie Nelson style. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, and I, so I end up, you know, as a, a, a campus person, I end up going out to offices and to other groups to give give talks uh, or to, to do workshops and things. And yes, the content is cool, but uh, exactly to what you all are saying. And we said this about the conferences stuff, conference stuff as well. And I think given that we are talking about the culture of horticulture here, I think one of the most beneficial things about doing this for me has just been those human connections and relationships. And sometimes people call it networking. And I don't, I don't think networking is inherently a bad word, but I think a handful of annoying people on LinkedIn have turned it into an annoying word, but really (laughs) to me, it's that relationship building thing where it's like Mm -hmm. you become aware of what people need, or you become aware of what's out there and being offered, or you become aware that, Oh wow, those feelings and thoughts and reactions I was having to trying to be a producer or trying to be a gardener. Other people feel that way too. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. something that, or they have those same experiences that that is a really cool part of how in in Kentucky how small things are like it's not a big state most of the farms are not very big and in the horticulture world it's not a huge industry with a whole ton of people and so you can really get to know people and see them and that is an aspect of the the conference season as as taxing and tiring as it can be that i really do enjoy and appreciate and and to your to Josh's point like 
as much as we're putting out and we're giving talks and we're, we have publications during that time, we're really have our, our ears open wide, uh, even wider than usual <laughs> to hear what people are having trouble with or what people are interested in or what they have not gotten support on. And so that I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing that some more, you know, COVID was weird and mm-hmm. there was a lot of resistance and um, I think uh, on, or not resistance, hesitance to, to get back into these large group environments. And I think that I, I had that hesitance myself, but there is something kind of cool about uh, spending time with people. Um, I don't think it's a solution for everything. I don't think that a bad talk delivered in person is any better than a bad talk delivered over zoom. But I think <laughs> there's, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty optimistic. I think about this next little period and, and just being able to see people thus far this year. What do you it's all like time. most about it? I just like working with people, working with groups and getting people of a like mindset around a theme and just uh, fleshing things out and uh, getting that two-way exchange going. Yeah, we may have some things to say as agents, but I love hearing from groups and what's going on, both the state and county level. I I really enjoy that, but I just kind of still love people overall, you know, as working with folks uh, for the most part. Ray just Mm. wants the tea. He wants to know all the gossip. I do. You have to to be with the people to hear from the people. You got to go to the source. (laughs) You got to go to the source. Your ear on the whatever, the pavement or grind. I don't know. Somewhere. Put your ear somewhere. But that's what I enjoy about it is the people aspect of it. Yeah. I I have to echo that. And I mean, COVID definitely was a weird time. um, But there's something special about that this time of the year where it starts to get cold. And it's, it's one of the times you can get those people who are always on the farm to actually leave. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I remember every year it's like, you're reminded of these people who you have so much in common with, but yeah. they are geographically distanced from you. And they're also very busy. So you never get to see each other. Well, this is the time you get to see them and catch mm-hmm. up and all that, that kind of like, I mean, I, I have historically used the word fellowship because it kind of feels more that way than the networking or whatever, but just catching up. Like token as well. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's a beta mindset, Josh. I know. Networking for I, I, I gotta look at myself. That's right. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> look in the mirror. It's gotta, you know, I'm, I've accepted who I am. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I, I, I think you know. I hope, I hope that uh, if you weren't aware of conferences before that exist around here, that might give you some opportunities. You might think about it. And if you're, you know, just a, if you're a home gardener or you're just dipping your toe into this type of stuff, it might be a, it might be that a conf- full on conference isn't for you, but the local, you know, how to take better care of your house plants or the taking care of your tomato plants this year or an introduction to integrated pest management is a really useful course that might be available from your local extension office. Um, of course, soil testing is always something that um, you can do with that to prepare and interact with those offices. And while you're in there, ask them about their, uh, their classes that are coming up or follow them on, on, uh, on the social media, Facebook, you can go on their website and see what they have coming up or just give them a call and see. But I hope that, you know, as we move into this cold season and you're taking time to rest and take care of yourself and just hide in the darkness, uh, it's what mostly been what I've been doing so far. Mm-hmm. Use it, you know, use it a little bit as an opportunity to reflect, but also think about maybe learning something new or taking it as an opportunity to expand uh, your mind about something, whether that be 
through a conference or through some sort of online training or just reading a new book about something new, I think it's a really good time to prepare and sow those seeds for growth heading into the to the next year. Yeah, I'm 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 really in a pretty zen mind mindset about stuff and and really cherishing a lot of relationships right now. So it's a good was good timing for me to talk about this. Go go meet your tribe. Go build go build your tribe out there. Like, you know, if you don't if you are going, I've been that person who goes to a conference and like literally knows does not know a single soul there and it can be kind of intimidating, you know, walk up to a speaker um, or someone who has on some official gear and just be like, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm located here in the state and this is what I'm trying to do. They probably will hook you up with someone standing right there in that room and be like, Oh, you should meet so-and-so yes. uh, and you can really get to meet your tribe. And that can be a little bit intimidating if you're a little bit more introverted and you know, you've just gotten a lot of that stuff, but I know what it, it's weird to be the, person you don't know and you see everybody talking to each other but uh, those people are there they've been where you are go up and talk to them they would love to talk to you most of them uh unless it's you know me i'm just kidding i would love to talk to you (laughs) (laughs) but go up and talk to people and find your tribe sometimes that happens at conferences and that can be really valuable and if you come to one of the conferences that we mentioned and we are there Come up and say that you listen to the podcast. It will make us feel like celebrities. Oh my god! It will give us opportunities to flex on other people around us. Ask Brett for give his that autograph. To me, I need it. Be great. Maybe <laughs> Josh Rub a too. bald boy. That's what I have been bringing signed head. headshots to every conference for the last <laughs> eight years, and this might be my first opportunity to distribute. And he's one. coming up with a new album called Shiny Flesh. So yeah. you know, yeah, there's a release of their debut album. So. <laughs> It's good times, folks. Conference season has more than one benefit. And you know, we usually go out and get drinks afterwards. So, yeah, (laughs) there's that benefit of conference season. If it's an overnight, like we get the meeting after the meeting, the meeting after the meeting. Yeah, so go out and do that with some people. Build some relationships. Yeah, it's good times, folks. Good times. Well, I have kind of the usual outtake. If if that's that's out, everybody good. Everybody feel confident. Uh, So usually, you know, the usual. Please feel free to send us a message. Uh, you can do that on Instagram, Hort Culture Pod. Uh, I check those direct messages just to see and try and, you know, post stuff on there that might be important. Just little updates. Hey, the this is what's come out lately. Uh, but if there's something else that you would love for us to talk about, feel free to message us there. You can also shoot us an email, hortculturepodcast at l.uky.edu. I believe we we have that in the show notes, right? Or we would we do, it, yeah. We, it's right there in the show notes. So you're like driving. I, you can't write that down. So we can click it later <laughs> when you're not driving. Uh, so shoot us a message. What do you want to know? That's where, you know, we're all kind of in planning mode and we have a bunch of ideas, but it can be really hard to pick one because we're all excited about, you know, several things. So help us narrow that down. Help us help you. Uh, <laughs> that would be great. Come up and see us. Uh, I'm excited. I hope I, I'm like, listen, if, if I get one person in all these conferences I'm about to go to say that they listen to the pod and like I don't know them, I might squeal. There will be an audible squeal throughout the universe. If I don't even care if I know them. I don't even care if it's my own mother. <laughs> it's going like, to be me. I'm going to come up and be like, oh my God, like Brett, wildly. I listened to the Whatever. podcast. Whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Another fan who has listened Here. to my podcast. That will be five dollars wow. wow. Please, no <laughs> photography. <laughs> please no anybody have a camera please no if no you can't tell, we have a lot of fun doing tired. this uh so we hope that you 
enjoy this. And we hope that as we grow this podcast, you will continue to grow with us. And we will see, hear, listen, have fun with, enjoy you next week. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving or normal Thursday if uh, it's not. If Happy day of stuffing thing. is what I'm going to say. Stuffing mm. Happy mouth. day of stuffing. Yes. Day. yes. Gobble, happy gobble. happy um, loose pants day or tight pants day, maybe. Oh, happy gravy. Stretchy pants day. Happy Thank gravy you. day. Wow, this is taking a different turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah Thanks for being turn. here with all with us. Thank you, you all. all.